Talk Radio 191 FM podcast. Monday through to Thursday at 9.05 a.m. on the Radio 1 Breakfast Show, our resident political aficionado, John Moore, drops by to deliver bite-sized politics. From the Octagon to the Beehive to the White House to the Kremlin, as it happens, here's your political roundup. Marina John. Kiara Koto, and on today's political roundup, China backlash against New Zealand continues. National Party ad labels sexist, and divisions continue over Dunedin Stadium. Now, New Zealand continues to suffer from Chinese blowback. New Zealand-Chinese relations continue to deteriorate with reports of a significant drop in students from China enrolling in New Zealand schools. A significant number of last-minute cancellations by Chinese foreign students have been noted. And overall, Chinese students' numbers are down by a 1,000. This comes after a reported drop in Chinese tourist numbers. The drop in both student and tourist numbers coincides with the New Zealand government's ban on Chinese company Huawei from rolling out a 5G network in this country. The New Zealand government has effectively dismissed the link between a drop in student numbers from China and the Chinese and the ban on Huawei. Education Minister Chris Hipkins put the decline in Chinese student numbers down to a Two, competitions from other destinations, China improving its own education system and the growth of international schools in China. Now, clearly the New Zealand government is being disingenuous with its claims that a sudden drop in Chinese student numbers is all down to a competitive international education market. And the government's general dismissal of any concerns over Chinese-New Zealand relations point to a desperate attempt to publicly manage a very serious crisis. The New Zealand economy is already beginning to feel the pain from the Chinese blowback over the Huawei 5G debacle. The New Zealand government is now paying for its decision to side with its traditional ally, the United States, and to heed to the Trump administration's call for a ban on Huawei 5G technology. So, will the public of New Zealand become convinced that there is a clear link between a downturn in economic activity between China and New Zealand and the Huawei debacle? If it does, then this government might also receive a blowback from the New Zealand electorate. Now on to National's very controversial ad on Kiwi Build. National has released an attack ad pointing out the deficits with the government's Kiwi Build scheme. The ad has been accused of being deeply sexist, and Jacinda Ardern has labelled the ad as being straight from the 1970s era. The advertisement shows a man explaining to a young woman, in what is seen as patronising language, how Labour's Kiwi Build scheme has missed targets. The interactions between the supposedly naive young woman and the man has been cited by various critics as an example of mansplaining. So what the hell is National up to with putting out an attack ad steeped in old-fashioned gender stereotypes? Can we put this down to the Nets being a male chauvinist party? Perhaps, but the National Party is in fact no longer a party of old, white, rich men, and the Nats generally project themselves as socially liberal these days. Maybe what is going on here is an, exa- it is an example of trolling by the National Party. That is, the party has consciously commissioned an ad that portrays archaic gender stereotypes and is indeed patronising to women. With this trolling, the Nats have aimed to tap into so-called outrage culture and get a bite from liberals and leftists. 
then the leaders of National can cynically sit back and decry the alleged hysteria that has been whipped up over this advertisement. Sounds like a conspiracy, right? Perhaps, but National are not adverse from whipping up a cultural war to distract from its own lack of alternative policies and lack of big ideas. And finally, it's been 10 years since the DCC voted to have a mega stadium built in Dunedin. The Forsyth Bar Stadium has been hailed as a huge success by many, with the stadium, stadium attracting international pop stars as well as top-level sporting events. But the actual costs and benefit to the city continue to be in dispute. Certainly the stadium is a great asset for people in Dunedin and the South Island as a whole. But the political process of the decision to build the stadium was deeply undemocratic. Ten years ago, the Dunedin City Council voted 10 to 5 with the stadium, and this was despite an overwhelming majority of city residents, according to a university survey, being opposed to the stadium being built. So yes, 10 years ago today, a very sad day for democracy. Ah, uh-huh, indeed, but a great day for the Highlanders. Yeah, yes, that's <laughs> right. Uh, Rugby World Cup 2011. Uh, hey, thanks, John. That's okay. This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.